Uh, one thing we want to do today is recognize a life group multiplication that is happening, or just, just recently happened. So it's the McCain's, Heidi and Lucas, and the Stokers, Jeremiah and LaDonna, where are you guys at? If y'all would stand, and the life group people that are with you guys, please stand up. We want to recognize this multiplication. Woo! All right, keep standing, keep standing. And if we could just grab uh, somebody, get around them that's close, put a hand on their shoulder. We want to pray a prayer of blessing for them in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for just life in the church. We thank you for just being able to share our faith. We thank you for in our in our homes when there's just life flowing, people get connected and people start finding Jesus and being discipled and there's growth and there's addition and multiplication. And so, Lord, I thank you that living things multiply. I thank you for your life in these two groups. And Lord, we bless Jeremiah and LaDonna as they take off in this new adventure. We bless Lucas and Heidi, just to continue being fruitful uh, brothers and sisters, Lord, in the church life. And we just ask the blessing of heaven on these two new groups, Lord, that they would just be marked by your life. They would share community. They would share the mission. Lord, they would share your life, love, grace, peace, blessing and everything. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I want to do something else here just for a moment. And that is, uh, back, it's, it's been a number of years ago now, uh, in 2007, we sent out a, a family, uh, Brian and Jenny Brown, and a number of families to go plant a church in Denver, Colorado, called Park Church. And uh, Brian and Jenny are here with us this morning, I'm going to have them come up in just a second. But uh, they started with a handful of folks, and that church grew and multiplied to 1,200 people. And is a tremendous light in the city of Denver. Brian and Jenny are now in a, a period of transition into the next assignment. But uh, we love and honor them. And it would be very appropriate right now as they come up for us to really honor them in the name of Jesus. Y'all come on up. Amen. Amen. Come on up. Got a mic. Amen. Amen. Woo! Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's great. Thanks, y'all. Um, we, <laughs> as we were driving down here from Colorado a couple days ago, um, spent some time trying to figure out how would I describe this church to our kids. They were all very, very small when we left here. And, um, and, and this, this is the, the, the beautiful thing that this community has been for us for the last um, 15 years since we first came here. I mean, it's been a constant, beautiful picture for us um, of this Father who loves us and sings over us. Mm. Um, that, that even from afar, when we left here eight years ago um, to get phone calls, to see visits from families here um, who didn't just tell us that God loves us, didn't just um, uh, try to help us figure out that God loves us, but actually demonstrated for us again and again and again a God who sings over us, who delights in us. Um, and that's what this church is. Um, that God hasn't left us just to know these things, but to experience them. And that even as we sing these songs, the God of the universe sings over you in delight. That, that even as we go as children to eat and to drink, and he serves us um, in, in bread and grape juice. Um, and and this, is, this is what this community has been for us and will always be for us. Mm. Um, a beautiful, compelling picture of it. And, and, and here's the amazing thing. Because of your commitment as a community, it's in the bones of this place. Um, to see that happen everywhere, among all the nations of the earth, and, and 
from a place called Denver, Colorado, um, but where eight years ago there, there, there is, in the Highlands neighborhood of Denver, there was not a single testimony to that love. There wasn't a single community but where people could go and experience that and to know that and to be told that um, because of your commitment to that. Um, that there is a, a beautiful community there um, that, that bears witness week in and week out to this father, this good, good father. Um, so we love you. We're thankful for you um, and, and all that you've done for us uh, through the years. Amen. Um, thank you. I love you. Yeah, you too, brother. Big time. Okay. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, Brian is like a, a son to me in the gospel, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of you, brother, really. And... Uh, you know, it's one of those things you, uh, I, I talk about this from time to time, but when you, you set out on a journey a, a long time ago, you know, and you just don't know what all, how all it's going to affect lives and people and people getting married. And so that's one of the trippy ones for me is like, would they have gotten married had we not done this? Or those little kids, would they be around here? You know, strange things, but salvation, people coming to the Lord, being baptized. You know, in fact, uh, I will say, if, if anybody wants to be baptized into Christ, we're having a baptism class right after this service, just about 15 minutes after the service. We already have nine people that are coming. Just in, that's, That'll be happening next Sunday on Easter. So we're going to have a bunch of baptisms, and there'll probably be more. And just wanna, There's a big open door, and Jesus is going, come on. you know. Uh, so that's, that's happening right after the service, and then also uh, next, next week as well, uh, the baptisms. Uh, man, it was great. We had great dinner with Brian and Jenny last night. We ate red meat, and uh, it's awesome. Sorry, tofu guys. Uh, uh, okay, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter four, verse nine. We'll start there. We're finishing the the Lent series today uh, that I've entitled Realign, and I just want to kick it off with this verse. It's kind of a way of setting the stage here for what we're doing in this last, and what we've been doing in the series, but also doing uh, in this last message here. Paul says to the Galatians, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And, you know, that's what we've been talking about. That's what this is about. That's what we do week after week after week. We come and we talk about things. We lift up Jesus Christ and we say, Lord, would you shape us and change us and transform us, conform us, make us like Jesus. Let Jesus be formed in us. Let Jesus be formed in all of us. And together as a church, that we would look more and more like Jesus Christ. That's the amen spot. Right there. Right there. Okay, this is, you guys, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good day. I'm trying to decide, let me look back at my topic here. The self-giving way of Jesus well, there may not be quite as many amens as I thought, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> so Lent, anybody excited Lent's almost over? Or we just... <laughs> it's the first time we've done a Lent series, like full on, like the whole thing. You know, we're kind of moving up the, from low church, kind of, I've got a robe I'm going to maybe wear in the next couple of weeks. I'm just kidding. Um, but we're, you know, kind of learning about the broader church out there and participating with the, the church calendar. I love doing that. And uh, one of the things we've been talking about is that in Lent, we're saying no to some things in order to say yes to Jesus. We're saying no to some stuff in order to let desire grow in our hearts for the, the one that is the lover of our souls. 
You know, that that's what we were made for. I'm, and, and that we would see Christ formed in us. I uh, have gotten a hold of this little book called 40 Days of Decrease. Who wants to run out and get that one? 40 Days of Decrease, and it's by a lady named Alicia, Alicia Britt Cole. And I'm going to read a, a quote here from it. And I think it's on the screen. Lent is a mentor in an age obsessed with visible, measurable, manageable, and tweetable increase. And a chance to walk with Jesus through darker seasons that we would rather avoid. Grief, conflict, misunderstanding, betrayal, restriction, rejection, and pain. And then Easter leads us in the celebration of salvation as the stunningly satisfying fruit of Jesus' sacred decrease. A thoughtful Lenten journey directly confronts our modern obsession with increase and introduces us to unexpected friends of spiritual formation. And that's what, that's what we want to do. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be, Lord, shape us, transform us, conform us. I've been doing some thinking these last, I don't know, the last month. I've been doing some writing. And uh, I, I, something's gotten clear to me. I woke up one morning. I've been thinking about some stuff and woke up one morning with this phrase on my, just, you know, and it was this phrase, the, you're a minister of reality. And it just, it just landed on like the ministry of reconciliation or something like that. But it's, you're a, Jamie, you're a minister of reality. And what I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do with my life is help everybody know what's truly real and pull the wool back so that we can see what's real in Jesus Christ. That's it. I want to, I want to make known what is real in Jesus Christ. And that more and more we would order our lives as a people around what's real in Jesus. What's real. How God's revealed Himself. The way things really are. In the one who is holding all of the world together by his powerful word. The one in whom we are destined to be conformed into his image. So to make real what is to to make known what is real in Jesus in the context of church life. You know, this again, this isn't plan B. You know, like, oh, got those Christians now. We need to get them together. It's like, no. God's plan was to bring us always together that we could in our Loving each other and working through hard stuff and rubbing up against each other, be shaped and, and learn to trust God more and learn to trust Jesus more and learn to be filled with the Spirit and learn to love and honor and bless and encourage. And even then, it's not just we stop there. We have a mission. So what we're trying to do as a people is to get to know what is real in Jesus in the context of church life, that's on a mission. We've got things we're doing. We're not just staying here. We're not just the Dead Sea of religious blessings. Just bless me some more. We're supposed to be like a conduit. You know, it flows through us and touches other people. And we do get blessed. But we're blessed to be a blessing. Okay? So, uh, just... Kind of an introduction thing there. Part of the lectionary and, and part of the church calendar is that today, y'all know what today is? <laughs> what did somebody say? Fishing. Fishing. Yes! 
Yes. Who needs Jesus? Come to him today. Yes. It is Palm Sunday. And so Palm Sunday is like this wonderfully victorious thing. And if I'm looking in John chapter 12, if you want to turn over there, but Jesus comes as a king into Jerusalem. And I mean, people are excited. He's just raised Lazarus from the dead. He's coming. He's victorious. People are blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna that we sang earlier. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the king of Israel. And they were saying all this and and he's riding in on a donkey's colt, you know, and prophesy from the, the prophecy from Zephaniah. And then the Pharisees are getting upset because everybody's praising him like he's the king and like he's the Messiah. Tell your disciples to be quiet. No, I won't. Even these rocks would cry out. They're doing the right thing. So it's like victory. And then in the next section, he's predicting his death. Some Greeks come and they ask, Where's, we want to see Jesus, which, which, by the way, is a great thing for anybody. If you just like, what's a good question for me to like have on my heart, sir? We would like to see Jesus. And I don't know if you realize this. I probably told Brian this, but for for years, uh, my years ago, I read this quote about Charles Spurgeon. This is just a parenthesis here. But uh, Charles Spurgeon had a and he's a famous preacher from the 1800s over in London, and on his pulpit. He had written there, sir, we would see Jesus. And that's just always stuck with me down through all these, through all these years of just preaching. What you need, and what I need, and what we all need is to see him. Okay, into parentheses. So what happens is Jesus replies to them in verse 23, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me where I am. My servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there heard it and said it thundered. And others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Okay, he's saying what's about to happen. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. And the crowd spoke up. We've heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And Jesus told them, you're going to have the light just a little while longer before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you will become sons of light. When he finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. And so this is a story that we're looking at today in the life of Jesus that at one moment it's glorious, you know, and just he's being welcomed as the king. 
And in the very next, he's saying something very important that all of us need to understand. And that the walk that he's calling us to walk with him is a walk of, of, of humility. And a, a walk of giving up our rights and prerogatives and you know, who we are. It, self-will, that kind of thing. And so the main way I'm trying to say this today is that God wants us to see his self-giving love and life expressed in Jesus and then to do the same thing, to follow him, to follow in his steps. I'm going to say this two ways, two key aspects. And the first one is this, giving up to God, giving up to God. Okay, so let's do this together. We give up to God. Just raise your hands. Even if you don't raise your hands in, in the worship, just do this. Just like give up to God. Okay, that's a picture of us surrendering. Okay, you can put your hands down. But it's a decrease. When I do that, when I give up who myself will, it's a decrease in my prerogative. And we don't say that a lot. We used to say it more back in the late 80s. You know. Older people are going to... Actually, this was much funnier in the first service. There's older people <laughs> there. And uh, so everybody that was born... <laughs> really in the 80s or probably beyond uh, is not going to know, know this, but there was a guy named uh, Bobby Brown who married Whitney Houston. Anybody? Whitney Houston? Okay, that probably helps. Whitney Houston. <laughs> He's just losing it. <laughs> so it's old people joke time. Uh, so, and, and he had a song called It's My Prerogative. Yeah, right? And And so... Basically, what he's saying, though, in that song is, I'm going to do what I want to do. Song's been singing that stuff. I mean, Frank Sinatra, you know, I did it my way. That's right. I did it my way. And I, I, we could probably do a survey of country, rock, hip hop, whatever, you know, and you got some variations on this theme of, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it when I want to do it. And she left and. That's all right, because I'm in charge, and let's get in the pickup. And I might could write some songs. What do you think? <laughs> but look at this. Jesus has a different, whole kind of different perspective. Turn, here's our other reading for today from the lectionary. It's uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And it's the perspective of Jesus that God wants us to have. It says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Okay, so what that's saying is, even though he's God, he's not holding on to that prerogative as being God, he's letting go of that so that he can live a life that models for us what humanity is supposed to look like. And that is that we would be humans that live a life of dependency upon God. That, he, that everything is dependent on the Father. You know, that's the kind of life that we're called to live. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place. And gave Him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory 
of God the Father. Amen. So, Jesus comes, fully God, fully man, emptying Himself of His divine prerogative to live as God, but lives as a man, obedient to His Father in everything. I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. Philip, show us, show us the Father. Show us the Father. Philip, I've been with you all this time. You don't see that to see me is to see the Father? He is the image of the invisible God. He shows us the self-giving way, the self-giving love of what God is like. He decreases in order to show us the Father. Okay, so there's a way, you guys, of when we think about our sin and forgiveness, there's a way of us thinking about the cross that kind of makes it about us. You know, and we'll look at Jesus coming and we'll go, oh, he was doing that. It's mainly about us. But what I want us to see today is that Jesus coming is showing us something about God. This isn't, it's not, it's not just, it is about us, but it's not, it's not primarily about us. It's, this is the way God is. This, remember I said, I'm trying to show you what's real in Christ. This is what's real in Christ. This is the way Jesus is. And so he decreases to show the Father. You know, John the Baptist, toward the end of his life, he's in prison, he's confused, like, is this the way this thing's supposed to work out? You know, go ask him, is he the one? And, you know, you get in John, there's a sense of, like, wow, this is kind of blowing my mind. And yet, John understood that he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. He got that. And that's this path that God is calling us on. You know, this path of less and less of our own initiative, more and more of Him. I've got one of my mentors, I, I don't know if I can uh, remember this saying, he would always say, John Brown, God can do a lot with a little, more with less, and everything with nothing. That's the way he talked all the time, by the way. Just proverbial, like, whoa. <laughs> pause, lots of long pauses. You're just <laughs> crushed under the weight of the truth that, that he was bringing in the moment, right? Here's the thing. God's bringing grace to us all the time. You know, you got up this morning, and you know what hit, hit you in a new way today? Mercy. His mercy is just brand new to you today. Every single morning, mercy. I get up, roll out of bed, grace. Grace of God. Mercy, grace, just flowing into our lives. Flowing into our lives. Because He wants us to get this, that the more we allow that grace to flow, that mercy to flow, the more we're going to be transformed into His image. The more we're going to be what He's made us to be. The more joy we're going to experience. The more life that we're going to experience all of those different kinds of things. But here's, here's something interesting, and it's I, I'm trying to think of a good way. How do I say this? Because, you know, we are different. We are different from God. How's that? We're different. I mean, we're like him. We're in his image, but we don't think like God. You know, what would you do? What let's just say, what would we do as a people? Christ fellowship, God said. You're now in charge of the world. What would we do? Hmm. 
would we get uh, maybe some more candidates for the Oh, come on, laugh, you guys. <laughs> but what would we do? We would, like, end poverty. We would clean up the battle lines of, and war and stuff. And we would, we, you know, we'd, we'd answer prayers in a different way than what God's answering them. If we were in charge. And we've got to look at the cross again and see Jesus again to see what God's like. You know, God has all power. He is omnipotent. But look at how He uses His power. Right? It's different than how we would do it. God has all the power and He sends His Son into the world, into our pain, into our mess and darkness, and then dies for everybody. Taking all of us with Him into the grave so that we could be raised into new creation and new life. That's a different kind of... We just have to kind of enter into that a little bit on this thing about giving up to God to see this. You know, and so as, as we're, we're looking at God, we're saying, wow. And so what I realized then is as I'm praying my prayers and I'm praying for this thing to happen or whatever situation I'm going through that's hard and stressful and causing anxiety in my life and or... Maybe what I'm not realizing is that maybe God is wanting to empower me to be like Jesus, to then step into the middle of that pain and then be there with them on the other side of that pain and us be together. Because that would be like the cross. That's what Jesus did in the cross. He kept, stepped into our pain and now he's, he's still here on the other side. You know, he's with us. And uh, this is making sense. So, so this giving up to God thing, it's not, a, it's not a bummer. It's receiving more of His grace and mercy and life and love and peace and all of that so that I can be a conduit in the world around me for His way, His kingdom, His life. So that's the first piece. Giving up to God. Um, and, and let me just say this one thing. What's the word that God gave us for the church at the beginning of the year? God gave to our movement at the beginning of the year more of yeah, more of Jesus. More of Jesus. And so this is the way into more of Jesus. We all, we, we don't, I, I wish it was like just running in the field all the time and just the sun's shining and it's about 62 and with a light, slight breeze and that's life. But it's not always like that, is it? That's not always, it's not... Running out through the fields of grace and pray. You know, it's not like that picture. I'm thinking of, a, you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder there. It, it's not always like that. It's not always my life. And so uh, this is the path of following Jesus. So giving up to God. Second piece is giving out to others. So giving up to God, giving out to others. So let's do that together again. This is like CF Kids for just a minute. Giving up, up to God, and out to others. Up to God, out to others. Yeah, okay. It's been a while since I've, I've messed the words up pretty bad. But, but you get the picture. Up, up, we give up and we give out. He wants us to be a conduit. And so this one, this what I'm hitting on here is that there's a generosity that God's calling us to as His people. 
generosity with our possessions, with my possessions. There's a way that God's he's, he's calling us into this thing. And it's like um, it's the way he is. It's the way he is in himself. Uh, uh, that, that God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, at the center of the New Testament is Jesus and his relationship with his father in the spirit. And there is this preferring love, you know, uh, so last night at dinner, we were talking about the Trinity just stuff Brian and I talk about over dinner. <laughs> but, uh, but just, there's an ancient picture of, a, of, of, of the Trinity, and they're all kind of dipping their head toward the other. They're kind of showing a deference, you know, that, what, no, what you say. What you say matters. No, what you say matters. No, I'm deferring to you. You know, and there's this beautiful picture of the grace of God flowing in the Trinity. You know, and the Lord's calling us into that same kind of self-giving and self-sacrificing love. Paul paints a picture of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So turn over there. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. He's encouraging the Corinthians in generosity. And it's just brought up the Macedonians as an example of this generosity. And then he points straight to Jesus. He says, for you know, chapter 8, 2 Corinthians verse 9. For you know the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, okay, how rich was he? You can't comprehend that. So though he was rich, for your sakes, he became poor, generous, that through his poverty, you, us, we might become rich and he goes on in second corinthians 9 and he's encouraging to them to sow generously because they'll reap and in verse 8 of chapter 9 and god is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work as it's written he scattered his uh, abroad his gifts to the poor and his righteousness endures forever now he who sows seed to the sower And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed so that you may you will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness by giving. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So here's what's going on in that little passage. In that one passage, there's three different forms of the word charis, which is the word that's the Greek word for grace. So you've got uh, charis, that, where we receive grace from God. And you've got charis, another form of the word, where we give generously to others. And then you've got a third form of that same word, charis, that results in thanksgiving and praise to God. So God gives to us, He blesses us, mercy and grace. We are in turn generous with others, and in turn that results in Thanksgiving and praise. So it's like this upward helix. God pours down grace. And out of that thing, we start being thankful ourselves. We start giving giving to other people, being generous. And that results in thanksgiving and praise, which leads to more grace being poured out. And we are conduits of His grace and mercy and love. This making sense? So this is, uh, this is what God's calling us to. You know, and part of this, uh, it happens in different ways. It happens with our time. It happens with our lives and friendships as we pour out 
It's like God continues to bless us with more. You can't outgive God. You know, uh, it was a it was hard to let go of Brian all those years ago. You know, but the Lord has continued to when we're, when our hands are open to bless and to send. You know, more get to find out about the goodness of God. It certainly happened in Denver, and it certainly happened here as well. You know, I had a uh, a guy call me a month or so ago and ask for a lunch, and we got together. And he had come to the Lord back in the 90s at Christ Fellowship as an 8th grader. And a uh, great guy. And had given his life to Jesus, been discipled, uh, ultimately went with our church plant to uh, uh, Northwestern Hills. And, and he just wanted to get together and say thank you. Just thanks. I just praise God for, Jamie, you're still doing this. And like you're still happy about Jesus, <laughs> Jesus and stuff. And and uh, I'm just really thankful. My life has been changed and impacted because of what you guys did all those, all those years ago. The Lord's saved my marriage. I was on, on the rocks a while back. And, and, I, and even he told me, he said, I love listening to y'all's podcasts. You know, it just kind of feels like my heart's still there in ways. And so, hey, Brian. <laughs> His name's Brian, too. But uh, cool. And so, but in, you know, another way isn't just who we are, it's our, it's our resources. And I want to say something about resources here for just a moment, because we've got a young, a young church. And this, this, this has been a huge deal in our development. You know, a lot of people, it, maybe it happens in college, or maybe it happens as young adults. Can I see some young adult hands over here in this section? And uh, young adults. And so, that's where it happened for us. So we're just right out, just just finishing up college. I think she was still doing some graduate school at the time. And we started going to this church. It was a church I grew up in, hadn't been in years, and hadn't really didn't go in college. And and uh, this couple, I'm kind of doing like this, but I'm, it's literally this this exact couple right here, um, which is kind of weird. But this couple kept finding us uh, and kept finding us and inviting us to class. You know, we were just glad to be there. To, be anonymous there's 3,000 people in the room and you know and just you know and they would find us and invite us and what as we started interacting with them and became friends this is 29 years ago uh you know we got to know Todd and Jackie and Jackie's dad Jesse who's been with the Lord now for many years awesome man of God but he came out of a rough background and and uh but he learned some great things about God and one of those things was giving. The dude was generous. And he believed in tithing and being abundant with gifts and giving. And so through all of that, he gets passed to Jackie. And then Jackie's like militant, giving. Everybody needs to give, you know? And so then that gets passed to Todd. And then together as a couple, we start seeing the embodiment, the incarnation of what giving people look like. And so we're challenged in our own lives. My, I, my parents had tied, but, but uh, I, it hadn't, hadn't done this yet. And it was so in this relationship, it started doing more of this. And at the time, we were rolling in the dough, man. I mean, just like bringing it home. $250 every single week. Just cash, baby. Money to burn. Money to burn. So, so $250, and we say, okay, we're going to start tithing, you know, and this is just down on the, I want this to be on the ground for everybody, because it's, you know, some people say, everybody always talks about money. We don't always talk about money, but it's good for your soul 
that I talk to money, you know, to, to help train. It's good for us to learn these lessons, you know. And so we wrote those checks, you know, those first checks. $25, you know, was, and every now and then I'll get asked, well, what about the net or the, you know, the, the, the gross? That's it, the gross. Follow the Lord, you know, just uh, be generous. But, but we got the 250, wrote the check for 25. And it was a big deal, you know. But what happened is the Lord started getting our hearts. He started getting our hearts as we started giving. He started getting more and more of our hearts because there's a promise biblically that, that your, you know, where your treasure is, it's not your heart's going to get there one day. It is there. That's where your heart is. It's where your treasure is. And so you can direct where your heart goes. And over time, we started getting a heart for the church. Just loving the church. And we started growing in you know, this basic 10% and then growing in that over time. And what we also started doing was shaping our lives to live simply and below our means. You know, we could have had a bigger lifestyle or whatever, but we live below our means so that we could keep growing in our generosity. You know, these are like training wheels. Tithing is just, as people say, well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, it's Old Testament. It's just a starting place. It's how you learn how to give. You know, it's just, and so, you know, in the new covenant, which far exceeds the previous covenant, I want to be, I want to be growing in that generosity in, in myself. And it's not, I mean, these, some of these lessons, and I, maybe I should talk about it more, but I mean, but God has so captured us through our giving and just seen wild, crazy stuff happen. And so as our, our lifestyle started being less, we were able to give not just tithing, but offerings, missionaries, special gifts. At one point, we went on this crazy journey with God where, we, where it says, don't store up anything for yourselves on earth. And I'm like, my undergraduate degrees in finance investments. So I'm like up to my eyeballs in how to do personal financial planning. And this wasn't a part of that plan, giving everything away. And yet, we went into a season of radical, this just, we're going to just give it all away. And so, uh, and, and so we started a notebook, and we kept a record, and it was like joyful. I mean, we'd do stuff anonymously sometimes, then other times just know somebody had a need and share with them, and it just was awesome. And you know what we found at the end of all this giving, which was like tens of thousands of dollars, you know, that, that we had actually been given more than what we gave away. It, it was it, crazy math is exactly it's It's kingdom upside down. And we weren't doing it for that to happen. But what happens when we start giving, it's like we become a conduit that God can use. Um, somebody came up to me after first service and said, I was in Germany one time and I was holding on to this block of Velveeta because I knew that it was really special. You know, and I was waiting for just the right time to, uh, you know, have this block of Velveeta. And uh, she, she tells the story. And she said it, the perfect time never came. And so she just invited some friends over and, and cooked up that block of Velveeta. No, no. Yeah, just, yeah, she cooked up. You know, you can't get it there. Right. See, that's why it's important. Yeah. Thank you. That's why, that's why I got her. Uh, so, so she cooks up the block of Velveeta. Everybody loves it. The Germans go crazy about Velveeta, the queso stuff. And then one week later in the mail, she gets a package that had already been mailed. And it had a block of Velveeta cheese in it. 
And she went through a Velveeta season where she kept cooking for people, Velveeta, and they kept arriving in the mail. Isn't that fun? But the point is, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. You know, that's, that's our own personal story. And we've seen it happen over and over and over again. And I just want a, a personal challenge to everybody that, that if you're not there right now, to commit to God to step into this journey. Because it will change your life, rock your world, give you power for helping other people, help you to order your life in a way that allows you to be a blessing to other people. It allows you to live simply so that you can give generously. Amen. So, uh, where is this going? Two prayers that I want us praying. Two, two key prayers. Lord, have your way in who I am. Have your way with me and my, my prerogatives, my self-will. Have your way in me, Jesus. One of the most important prayers we can ever pray. And the second piece of that, uh, the second piece of that, Lord, have your way in me and Lord, have your way in what I have. Have your way in me and have your way with what I have. I want that to be generous and a blessing to the Lord. There is a way forward for us, you guys. And it is this way of grace where we receive grace, where we give to others, and where that results in thanksgiving and praise to God. And that, man, that's, that's this, this downward journey of God getting glory in our lives. Less of us, more of Him. Less of us, more of Him. Glory for Jesus. You know, and then, and even, I think in a way, not in the wrong sense of this, but people will be able to say, blessed are you because you come in the name of the Lord. You represent Him to me. You are a picture of Him and His giving heart in the way of the cross. Amen. Y'all stand up. Amen. Okay, so if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. And we do this at the end of every service. We have a little bit of, just a short, we'll take five minutes here for some ministry. And just to respond in our hearts to God as we've heard this. Because this is one of those messages, like so many of them, that all of us at some level could respond. And uh, ministry team, go ahead and come, come on up. Thanks, people that can pray for people. And uh, this is one of those things where it's like, Lord, help us on this. Help us to realign to You, to Your heart. And if you're like, you know, just needing to start a journey with Jesus, man, what a day to do that. Today could be that day. If you're going, I, you know, you're saying some things there about giving up rights and things, and I want to go deeper in that. That's all of us. And like what Todd was sharing at communion, we all constantly veer. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We veer. And that's why we take time like this to pray, to realign our hearts and our lives with Jesus. Okay, so... Lord, would you just meet us today in this time of response? Lord, calibrate us. Calibrate us to you. Where, there's, where we need to give things up, our heart, our desires. Just, and Lord, would you replace just our stuff with something beautiful. Your life. Your best. The grace, the mercy that you have for us. The forgiveness, the peace. Just the grace to, to be the answer to that prayer that we're praying about that relationship. Lord, help us to be the answer to that. To say yes. To step in. To go the way of the cross. And Lord, help us to 
be people that are learning the ways of generous living, generous giving. Because it's like you, Jesus. And we want to follow in that way. Hey, whatever your need is, it, just, it would be a bummer to, for you to be going through something heavy today and not get something, somebody to pray with you. So the, there's people up here at the front that know how to pray and can pray for you. And if it fills up, then just get somebody to pray for you. And just, Lord, meet every need in this room. Where there's hurting people, where there's healing needed, Lord, meet us. In Jesus' name. Lord, I even just thank You for the healings I've been hearing about in the last few weeks of ministry. Lord, bring healing to us in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever you need is, you guys come. Get prayer. The front's open.